Welcome to Around the Table. Our hearts go out to the people of Ukraine during this conflict, especially to those with whom we share a common heritage of faith. A contingent of brothers recently traveled to Europe to support our sister church. They gathered together, one by telephone, to tell about their experiences with brethren on the ground in Romania and Ukraine. The conflict in Ukraine has been going on for a few months, resulting in circumstances in Europe that haven't been experienced in nearly 80 years. We personally know many people in Ukraine from our, our own connections and and then not personally, but as we listen to the news and track what's happening. So we're touched by what's going on here. I'm John Wiegand from Silverton, and I've asked three brothers from the Harvest Call European Committee to share their insights into what's happening. Let's start with some introductions. Would each of you um, introduce yourselves and tell us how you were drawn to support the Brethren in Eastern Europe? My name is David Graff. I'm from the Akron, Ohio congregation. I'm thankful to have the opportunity starting in 2007. I was invited to go on a trip with the European Committee to Eastern Europe. And the following year, they asked me to become a part of the committee. And so each year between then and now, except for maybe a couple of years, I've, I've made trips to Eastern Europe and specifically to Ukraine in the last five or six years. Yeah, I'm, I'm Ken Manns. I go to the Junction, Ohio congregation. And uh, in 2019 was my first meeting to attend uh, a, a European committee meeting. After that uh, meeting, I was uh, invited to join and I have found a lot of fulfillment and been able to share in a lot of love in serving with these brothers to give help and support to our European Nazarene brethren. And I'm Joel Putt. I attend the Remington, Indiana congregation. I am one of the newest members on the committee. I was invited uh, in 2020 and so I've had two years and just recently had my first trip to Eastern Europe, to Romania and Ukraine here a few weeks ago. We're going to learn, want to learn more about your trip, Joel and Ken. I know you're on that trip as well. But before we step into that, maybe to set up a little context, maybe you could share, uh, Brother Ken, what's the general makeup of the church and the churches in Ukraine? There are... 11 congregations in Ukraine of the uh, of the Nazarene uh, Sister Church. There are approximately 800 members and converts, and there's 1,250 that regularly attend. These are all, the pretty much are centered around the city of Chernovitsi. Fact is, they're within about eight miles of the se uh, seven of the congregations are within about uh, eight miles of Chernovitsi, and that would constitute ninety five percent of the attendance uh, in all of Ukraine. There are four other congregations, uh, one a little farther east, and that and in a still a safe area. Uh, there are. Uh, 
uh, two, I believe, farther west in a safe area. And there was one very small congregation that's in a city that was bombed. And just to help us out on that, Ken, where do you position where the Ukrainian churches are and our believers in Romania? How, how close are they to each other? Well, most of the congregation, congregations in Romania are in the western half of the country, um, at least as far as, you know, I've, I've been to about two-thirds of them, and so the nearest one would probably be about five hours away, I would think. So we can kind of position that. So there's a pretty convenient connection between um, the churches and the believers are well connected across and throughout Romania and Ukraine. So stepping back to us, Brother Dave, how would you describe our ongoing relationship with the believers in Ukraine? So the relationship that we have with the believers in Ukraine started maybe 30-some years ago, and they are called the Nazarene churches in Eastern Europe, but they are of the same Freilich root that we are, and when we assemble with them, we consider each other to be brethren, and we work together well between the uh, brothers in our apostolic Christian denomination and the Nazarenes in Eastern Europe. So when we visit them, they consider us to be brethren. And occasionally some of them would come to our churches and we would welcome them in the same way. We work together by providing a lot of material aid because especially in uh, Romania, Ukraine, there are a lot of older people. Uh, a lot of them are living on a pension that is very small. There are more youth in Ukraine, which is a blessing. They're, the church is growing there. But we work together by helping them, providing funds that they can use for their medicine, for seeds to plant in their gardens, for building their churches. We've worked together on their church buildings that we would provide the funds and they would do the work. They've built some very nice buildings since we've been associated with them. The practical help that we've been able to provide in, in the material aid seems valuable and, and well-received. How would you describe the heart connection that we feel with the, the brothers in Ukraine and Romania? Well, the heart connection is, is very warm and loving as it is with the brethren in our own congregations. When we meet and spend time with them, we can truly feel like we're among those of our own brethren and we just really really feel a wonderful bond of christian fellowship with them i've really sensed that as well i should acknowledge that i've made a few trips to romania i've not been to ukraine myself but sensing the the common heritage of faith that we have and uh, the connection as we together serve the lord has been a, a blessing so appreciate what you shared there so looking to today how are we connecting with the believers in Ukraine right now? So we are connecting with them. Uh, we have opportunities. Some of the brethren can directly speak with them, or we have had some calls that we could talk to each other through an interpreter. But in this recent trip, our brothers were able to actually go and visit Ukraine and have a personal 
meeting with them while they were there in Ukraine, which really encourages the brethren there to know how, that we care that much about them. Ken, maybe it makes sense for you to just share a thought or two about um, what this trip went like. So you were there just a few weeks back. What was it like to, to be entering into Ukraine at this time? Okay. First of all, um, the time that we spent in the Ukraine was too short in, in many ways. I mean, we were able to show a presence, which was appreciated. Um, we were at the Chahor Church. Uh, we sat down to a meal. We spent uh, two hours meeting with uh, two of the elders and with an ordained deacon and Philip uh, Augustinov, who is our eyes and ears and just about everything else uh, as far as our programs there. We were able to establish, you know, a a rapport, but we weren't able to get very deep, which which I would like very much to have been able to, but we weren't. Um, the time was just too short. So in those interactions, Ken, what are you learning about what daily life is like for the brothers and sisters in Ukraine? All right. So it's it's very difficult for any one person to know and I'm sure that Brother Joel and Brother Pete probably picked up on different things that I did in listening. Um, the one thing that's for sure is there's hardly any work or wages being earned. And that and that started soon after the invasion, certainly for a month and a half right now. The other thing is there there is some uh, people leaving among the brethren, either the brother would leave his family and go to work in Romania or Hungary and maybe come back every three or four weeks. In order to do that, they have to have at least three children to be able to cross the border. Others have chosen to to take their whole families and leave. Whether they intend ever to go back or not, I guess I wouldn't know that for sure. But this this is placing a lot of stress on the on the brethren there. That their hope and our hope is to to build a church that will last for generations and and not uh, to lose numbers. Brother Philip has made five weekly deliveries uh, with a van and a covered trailer full of supplies uh, into Ukraine. So he would be leaving from Arad, Romania, and roughly a probably about a 12-hour drive to get into Ukraine through the Carpathian Mountains. And he's mainly taking some food supplies, sugar, oil, uh, but also diapers and um, other things uh, for those that are in Ukraine. And as much as uh, we can learn the food supply seems to be relatively intact, but yeah, we still want to provide aid to them where we can. But the rationing of diesel fuel is um, very strict. Many of the brethren that are involved in farming um, do not have enough fuel to plant their crop. So that's a great concern coming into the, into the spring season of knowing will the crop be planted at all? And then also many of the brethren and many of those just in, in Ukraine in general have 
large gardens where they grow a lot of their own produce. And the seed for those gardens has become very expensive. So that's another concern for them as well in this time. So as I'm listening here, it feels like the support channel of the Romanian brethren's brethren helping those who are in Ukraine is working really quite well. Are there ways that we've been able to support that effort or perhaps do some other things that would also be uh, useful for those in Ukraine? All right. So I'll jump in a little bit on that. Um, With each load that they take, there are materials such as comforters and adult depends that are in stock uh, in pretty good supply at Antioch. Antioch is a facility much like uh, one of our harvest call distribution centers. And so they, they have stock of clothing and shoes and wheelchairs and uh, lots of things there. Then we, we provide extra funds for, those to, uh, for them to buy uh, materials like the baby diapers that they don't have there and any supplies that they don't have. And uh, then we also would would provide the, the van and the covered trailer and money for fuel for them to uh, make deliveries and so forth. Yeah, Brother Joel mentioned that uh, Brother Philip has made a lot of trips there. He was there again today, so that was his sixth trip. And he took uh, one of the two very sturdy garden tillers that we uh, have purchased recently for them. These tillers uh, have various attachments, and the ones going into Ukraine have a trailer with a seat on it that they can go from place to place and uh, and so cover a lot of gardens and they're they're being unemployed they have people that are available to to make very good use of these and we also gave them extra seed money uh this year because the prices were more expensive ken i've been hearing about lots of comforters being provided for the brethren over there what can you tell us about that well when we went to uh to Antioch together in uh, May of 2019, we were shown that uh, some comforters, uh, adult size and uh, and infant size, and we're we're told that we need these, and so we were able to bring that need back. And in 2020, we sent uh, 360 comforters. In 2021, we sent over 1,200 comforters, and due to the Ukrainian situation, they were drawing them down pretty fast. And so this year, we were able to to ship 1,462 comforters, and we arranged for that shipment while we were, those comforters were airlifted to the Netherlands. And then they were going to be trucked uh, to Antioch. And uh, I, I haven't really heard whether they've arrived by this time or not, but uh, we expect them too soon. And this, this is kind of a symbol of the bond between our sisters and theirs, 
we were able to deliver some uh, comforters last last uh, July, and there were big smiles and tears and hugs, and uh, it was it was very much kind of just a symbol of the love that uh, we have for them and they for us. If you look at that and as you see God at work among his people, are there any experiences that you could share about how the Holy Spirit has been at work uh, during this time? Yes. With it being my first trip to Eastern Europe, it was very evident how the Holy Spirit is working in so many lives there. We um, were able to partake of many meals with Brother Philip and his family, and we could just sense the bond of common bond of faith that we have with each other. We also were able to see those in Romania opening their homes and sharing bedrooms and providing meals for several refugee families that had fled Ukraine and watching this outpouring of love, it was very evident that the spirit was alive and well and working in these brethren. It was also very touching going to Ukraine, greeting each other and just seeing the smiles on their face and yet the tears in their eyes as we were able to come together. So just, I was very encouraged and very strengthened in my faith, seeing how so many from different nationalities can come together with a common bond of faith and reach out with the love of Christ. Thanks for sharing that, Joel. Very heartwarming. Ken, any experience that comes to mind for you? There's a lot of experiences that that come to mind as we traveled. Uh, we made some deliveries to some congregations. The friendliness and the and the willingness to work together. I think of the hours and hours that we spend with with Philip, and the more time spent is the dearer it is. And and his wife is a wonderful support. And their whole family just pitch in. I mean, I, you know, meal after meal, they're serving about 25 guests, meals, three meals a day. And, you know, Philip and his wife and their 11 children and and one son-in-law, you know, they're there and all of them serving the rest. And uh, it, it's just kind of unusual to do that without grumbling and complaining or, you know, wondering where's the moment of rest but uh, it certainly is an inspiration. Brother Philip and his family's commitment to a life of service really stands out. Brother Dave? Yes, Brother John, just a couple thoughts on the work of the Holy Spirit. We have word that there have been uh, a good number of new converts in Ukraine since the time the war has begun, and they have even had a number of baptisms in some of the churches there so we can really see the Holy Spirit working in that way. And in a conversation with Brother Vasil, who is the lead elder in the churches in Ukraine, he gave an example of the scripture where Abraham 
was talking with God about Sodom and Gomorrah, where he asked if there were ten believers still there, God would not destroy them. And Brother Vasile said, well, we have more than ten believers here. We trust that God is going to, we won't be destroyed. Powerful example of um, being able to be gracious in difficult circumstances. And as we look at where we're at, do you have any advice on how we can be helpful? What What's the, a good way for us in the United States to be able to be supportive of our brethren in Ukraine? My thought is is this. As I was kind of composing some, some thoughts uh, to share with our brethren in Ukraine in, in a letter, you know, it's, it's just to assure them that we are facing the battle uh, of good and evil here with what's at hand for us. We're trying to stay connected to Christ and to God and to the Holy Spirit, uh, because if we're not so connected, we can't be of very much help. And uh, we, we pray for them and in, encourage them to hold fast that if they would need us to come, if they would want to talk or whatever, we would take some risks to go. We just, we just need to assure them that we're doing what's at hand for us. Our turn for persecution may come sooner than we think, and hopefully they would give us a hand if other roles were reversed. So perhaps in kind of bringing our conversation to a close, I'd like to encourage a bit of self-reflection by all of us. Brother Joel, maybe I'll begin with you. What have you learned about yourself over this past few months period of being focused on the brethren in Ukraine? I was extremely touched when we were in Ukraine and we had a meeting together. As Brother Ken shared, we had some thoughts that we were, we wanted to know how they're faring. And I think some of the first words out of Brother Vasile's mouth were, we pray for you. Pray for you that you can be found faithful unto the end. And it just really touched me that even in this time of trial that they have, they don't cease to pray for us. And it really strengthened me and really made me want to commit to pray for them daily, that they could be found faithful as well, that they can be find strength in this trying time, and ultimately that God's will would be done. So I, I was just in, extremely encouraged by the trip and just so thankful that the Lord was with us and His Spirit. It was so evident that the Spirit of God blazed a, a path before us and provided a way for us to get into Ukraine and to have those conversations and be able to see our brethren and then safely return. Brother Dave, does anything stand out to you on personal reflection? Yes, Brother John, many, many things stand out. But, um, you know, I had the opportunity 50-some years ago, I was drafted in the U.S. Army. And at that time, we were able to serve as non-combatants. But I think of the brothers there in Ukraine, and we have a letter recently that 
says that they have to be careful not to go even out of the road because if any young men are, are found there, they're taken immediately into the Army. And this is making it very difficult for them to plant their fields or to... The, the brothers pretty much need to stay in hiding. They're not uh, being inducted into the Army where possibly they would be forced to bear arms. So it brought a lot of thoughts back about years ago and, and how fortunate we've been in this country as well. I appreciate you grounding that for us and experience that others from longer ago here in this country experienced, but not recently. Ken, any personal reflections that you may have? The main main thing that I can think of is just uh, the Lord made us all so that we are inadequate of ourselves. We don't have the strength to do the whole job. And yet if we depend on him and as we work as, as uh, brothers, uh, work together, I, we certainly felt that on this trip. We were able to discuss a lot of things. We were able to fund some things. We had the support of the European Committee as well as the prayers of the church. And it wasn't because of anything of us. And uh, so, you know, God is still able. Christ is abundantly able to save us all. And we have we have faith, and and yet uh, there'll be some effort and some work to be done to carry it out. I'm I'm thankful for the opportunity we've had as brethren to be able to walk with our our European brothers and to to serve with them and to recognize God's faithfulness. His purposes will be accomplished, and when we trust in Him and rely on Him, knowing that that His ways are sure. The, the things that may cause us a degree of fear and uncertainty, they're there. But we can trust in Him, the one who is faithful. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your interest and also welcome your comments. To share your feedback or episode ideas, go to the settings menu in AC Central, select User Feedback, and when the web page opens, click the Feedback on Around the Table link. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.